Hello, and welcome to the Find Your Voice, Rock Your Confidence podcast. I'm Sloane Reale, your host and expert voice and confidence coach in all things voice. This podcast is dedicated to teaching you how to find your authentic voice, grow your confidence, and unlock your potential, creating life-changing results. I share weekly tips, tricks, guest interviews, and over two decades of helping people just like you learn how to express themselves from a holistic and empowered space. Now, let's get into the episode. All righty. We made it. Yes, we did. Welcome back to Find Your Voice, Rock Your Confidence with Sloan Reality. I am your host and I have a very special guest in the studio. My first live interview with this amazing woman. I'm so excited to share with you what who she is, what she does, who she serves, and how it might benefit you, the audience. But before we jump in, I love my quotables today. This is from an amazing musician, and this is his quote. Those who are the happiest are those who do the most for others. And I could not think of a better way to kick this podcast off, friends. Listen, if you are struggling to come to terms with your past, or you feel like something is holding you back from living your best life, not just a good life, people. There's no reason to be living just a good life. We have the opportunity to live an exceptional life. If there is something holding you back from doing that today, my guest, Jacqueline Meisner, LMFT, invites you to explore this from a place of curiosity without judgment. She's a bilingual and bicultural therapist whose sole purpose is to support individuals, couples, and families who are going through difficult situations in life. Her areas of specialty include managing interpersonal conflict, loss, divorce, trust issues, chronic illness, depression, trauma, anxiety, who doesn't have a little anxiety, varying degrees, all of us, substance abuse, and other life stressors that can be overwhelming. Her services include, but are not limited to, anxiety depression, life transitions, multicultural counseling, post-traumatic stress disorder, trauma, forensic mental health services, and more. Her services include, but are not limited to, helping her clients work through these things. And finally, when she's not hanging out with her beautiful family, you can find her practicing what she preaches out in nature, paddleboarding in the ocean, hiking, biking, or preparing for her next 5K. Have you done a 10K yet? No. Is that the next thing on the list? I I don't know that that's in the cards for me. (laughs) I welcome to my 40s with joint issues. And so I'm, I'm trying to do a lot more just low impact movement these days. Mm-hmm. So Jackie, thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode, so exciting. What is the vagus nerve and what the heck does it have to do with your voice? Jackie, can you share with us, first of all, a description? What is the vagus nerve? Let's just start there. What the heck is this thing? We're not talking dealing cards out in Vegas. <laughs> well, the, the literal translation, the Latin translation for 
vagus nerve is wandering, which I think is like a, a, a beautiful just sort of image because it, it starts in the brain, goes all the way down through our necks, all the way across our chest, down to our digestion. So the lower intestines, the vagus nerve is responsible for helping us to relax we're, when we're in that flight, fight, freeze, or fawn stage. So that means our nervous system has been activated. When we've been through trauma or life events, our body is constantly scanning for safety. Mm -hmm. Am I safe? Is everything okay? Did I hear a sound? Was there something that activated me? Or in the case of maybe I have a really big meeting, I'm about to ask for a raise, I'm going to go before a judge, I'm going to go perform. It's so important to know how to access your vagus nerve. Because when we have something really big going on in our lives, we don't want to send like our weakest bench warmers out there, right? We want to be sending our best quarterbacker out there. And we are our own quarterbackers. When we are confident, objective, and just in our flow, that's who we want to present during those really big moments. Absolutely. That is our truly our authentic self. I love that. Now you described it when we were talking yesterday that it's a highway between the brain and the body to create a safe space in the body before doing anything that could potentially cause stress. Um, do you, have you personally worked with any veterans or first responders? Yes, lots of veterans, first responders, survivors of domestic violence, as well as people who have just experienced really big life events. Our, our lives are very complicated. And even as children, we don't have much power, right, in what happens to us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And even as adults, we live through these really horrific moments in our lives, whether it's, it's grief, sadness, whatever it is. But I, but I do think that as adults, our power is in protecting our peace and reclaiming mind-body-heart connection for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the exercises we're going to be talking about today, Sloan, it's, it's not an event. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. I, I hope that I invite our listeners to really set intention mm -hmm. because I think when we approach our self-care, it's not about just sort of crossing off boxes and, and plowing through the movements. Right. It's about finding creative ways to reparent ourselves and, um, and emotionally feed us. And so a lot of these exercises we're going to talk about today, I do myself. I would never recommend somebody try something without me at first doing it first. I like to take a dose of my own medicine. And so that way I can guide you through what's effective and non-effective. And we're all different. So it might be that you try some of these exercises and, and you don't get the same thing out of it. And so the point is just to keep trying. How do you know what you don't know and rule it out as you go? I love that. Yeah, this is not a one and done you mentioned this is is literally a lifestyle. It is a way of being on the planet. Gosh, Lord knows the planet has changed so much in the last, just in the last five years. And with technology, you mentioned something as children, we grow up and we don't know what we don't know. And you know, there's so much, like we're conditioned we're conditioned and, and different cultures and different belief systems and things that we just take at face value because an adult 
a parent, a guardian, somebody is telling us, oh, we, that's just that's just the way we've always done it. There's a funny story. I can't remember it exactly, but it has to do with the 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 holiday ham. And the story goes for generations, right? We fast forward 50 years later, this mom is cutting all the pieces of the ham. She's cutting it into a square and shaving parts off and then putting it in the oven and cooking. Finally, a grandkid or a kid comes in, why do you do that? I said, well, I don't know. My mom used to do it. And the kid goes to the grandma, your grandma, why do you do that to the ham every year? Well, I don't know. My mom used to do it. So you, they trace it all the way back. And the reason that the great, great, great grandma used to shave the ham up was because their stove was so small. That's the only way she could get it all into the oven. Mm-hmm. So you know, I love that story because how, how many of us are still shaving the pieces of the ham off in order to fit it in an oven that actually can fit three hams now? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a silly story, but you know, this conditioning and, and, and I've got another podcast coming out a week or so after this around human design. And, and that's going to be a great podcast as well, because it's going to talk about, it's going to speak to this conditioning stuff and things that we've been taught. And one of the greatest freedoms that I am feeling at, I mean, I'm going to be 60 in December. I can't mm-hmm. even believe that. I give me your mama. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a crazy thought. But uh, I like you best as a soul sister and neighbor. I, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are for sure. Two, you know, two peas and the thickest thieves we are. But I digress. What has helped me at this point in my life, and it's still fairly relatively new, is to when I, I've really learned who I am and how I'm wired and I've learned certain things that I've done in my life and the consequences of those things. There's a reason for that. And when I've had conflict or I, I, there's been, what is this? What am I looking for? Friction mm-hmm. with another individual or personality clash. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's been because I'm, I am up in their face and space. Mm-hmm. And other times it's had nothing to do with me. And when you understand these things about yourself. So anyway, more on that later. I want to come back to exercises. So there's three exercises that you mentioned. We don't have to stick with these, but I love the examples that you gave. So I would love for you to share a little bit about some things that we can do, or and we're going to talk about at the end, resources and places that people can go and how to find you if they have questions. But let's go through some of these exercises you were sharing. Absolutely. Whether you find yourself in a cubicle, in a car, a doctor's office, I, I invite you to try any one of these. But First, you have to get comfortable doing them. And that's where it goes back to that lifestyle, right? These exercises can be done in your bed first thing, right? Mm-hmm. So most Before of you us- you even wake up. Yeah. You get and, and that's okay. really the best time to practice these mindfulness exercises because we're still pretty much tapped into the subconscious mind. Coming out of sleep. Yes. Uh-huh. And we talk about in therapy, whether we've had big traumas, little traumas, creating neural pathways for healing. And so much about these breathing exercises is about practicing being in the here and now, right? Because when our cortisol levels are going through the roof and we're stressed and we've got anxiety, we're not functioning in this time zone anymore. We're future tripping. We're Mm -hmm. talking about the what ifs, the whens, Mm -hmm. all of these scenarios that most of the time never even even happen. knock on our door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's the point of these exercises is first and foremost, to bring us back into this moment so that we can drop down into our bodies and access the vagus nerve. And for 
as far as creating these somatic environments, you don't need like a fancy yoga mat. If you don't have a yoga mat and you just have a towel, then use what you got. I'm all about accessibility here because I, I think too much. We, a lot of us get our hit of dopamine from purchasing uh, mm -hmm. things that we really have no business buying or don't need mm -hmm. or scrolling through endlessly scroll. on our, yeah. And essentially we end up feeling worse about ourselves and mm -hmm. there's all this guilt that sets in. Mm. And so these exercises are designed for you to try so that you get comfortable with them. So when you are in a moment of crisis, they become part of like your go-tos in the moment. So doing them regularly, consistently, it's kind of like with voice, I, I talk the technique and method I teach is kind of the program that we're downloading into our body. Just like we download programs on the computer or your devices, these exercises become something that gets downloaded. And the more we practice it, the more it becomes second nature. So Absolutely. when we have a trigger, it's like, oh, I can go straight to mm -hmm. whatever's on your, in your toolbox there. Right. Because love, who, who wants to try something new in a moment of crisis? Yeah. We're, we're debilitated. That's just not happening. Right. Um, but ironically, you access your vagus nerve all day long in the singing and the humming. Dude. And so that is just beautiful. So humming, singing, also gargling with water. That's um, right. I did see that. Access. Gargling. Yeah. Stimulates. Yes. So back to exercises you can do with a yoga mat or just on the floor, go into child's pose, allow your mm. head to have contact with the floor. Mm -hmm. Do a couple flows of down dog, then transitioning to upward dog, some mm. cat cows, really basic poses, going at a really slow pace, two, three minutes really makes a big difference. And if you are not interested in yoga, which by the way, I, I really recommend yoga as a spiritual practice mm -hmm. as, as far as being able to drop down into our bodies. It's like giving yourself a hug. I'm not talking like hot yoga, caloric right. yoga. No, right. I'm talking about relaxing breath. Yeah. Uh, rejuvenate, rejuvenating, yeah. restorative. Yeah. Not these, you're going to have to hold that. What's that one where you pose on the one, one leg yeah. right forever, lotus flower or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. None of that. So keeping it calm and listening yeah. to our bodies, mm -hmm. right? So often we're moving through life and, and I spent a lifetime discounting what my body was telling me, mm -hmm. like my body saying, yeah probably don't need to do that extra, whatever the activity was. And no, I'm just going to power through. I'm just, and then now I'm injured and I can't do, do mm -hmm. anything. This happened recently. Paddleboarding of all things. Mm -hmm. I wore shoes on my board because I had to go down through stickers and mm -hmm. stuff to yeah. get to the board. Mm -hmm. So I was too lazy. And I just, mm -hmm. I was wearing my shoes. Hey, people, if you're paddleboarders, well, not like her paddleboard. She's got a very <laughs> extreme, serious path. But if you're a stand-up paddleboarder, okay, this is just my, my own experience. Do it barefoot. Don't wear shoes. Don't put something between your board and the. So anyway, long story short, pushing it, not listening. The other times are where my gut has told me a situation is not safe or a person doesn't feel safe mm -hmm. in my space, but I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make a scene. Mm -hmm. And and if you are a woman, I mean, this goes for anybody, but especially if you are a woman mm -hmm. listening, watching on YouTube today, 
and I've spoke to this before, this is our body. This is our intuitive self saying, warning, Will Robinson, mm -hmm. and I'm a voice coach. So I'm all about the power of your voice. And if your gut is saying no, turn around and go. And, and this is, these are situations where, you know, hurting somebody's feelings, like this is the thing. I think we don't give our own feelings enough cred. Mm -hmm. We don't to the point of that's when we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. That's when we, there's stuff goes down and we have, could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Listening to your gut, following your instincts and don't give a flying H bomb about hurting somebody's feelings if you don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a little seriousness there for a second. And, and all these exercises are really designed to connect us with ourselves because our relationship with ourself is truly the most important and filtering out obligation and prioritizing our own needs. That's the stuff that's nobody's going to ever come up behind us and do that work for us. Mm -hmm. And I know for some people listening who maybe self-care rituals isn't a natural thing to do. And it might seem kind of selfish. I, I want to challenge that for a moment because I, I think that when we have compassion for ourselves, it does make me a better neighbor. It does make me a better partner and a more nurturing mother. Because it's like, if I can allow myself to make a mistake, mm -hmm. then when I see someone else making a mistake, I'm like, oh, it's nothing. It's part of the learning process. We adapt, right? But if I'm holding myself to some kind of crazy standard, then I'm probably translating that angle to others as well. And the self-love is something everybody benefits from. Total. And I, I, I love what you just mentioned about self-care. There is a huge movement right now. And, and I grew up in that type of a house. My poor mother, God bless her, man. She did the mm. best she could raising three kids on her own and, and horrible working conditions and environments. And what was self-care? Like there was no time for self-care. It's like, we got to keep this thing moving. Like we keep right. food on the table, keep that the kids. Mm -hmm. And we weren't, we didn't do a lot of sports and activities back mm -hmm. then. It was like school and school. Mm -hmm. And and that was it. But self-care, and, and you mentioned that was the big shift I had to get over was feeling like I'm wasting time, feeling like, well, the message I was given growing up was when you finish taking care of everything and everybody else, mm -hmm. then you can go do what you want, mm -hmm. right? In other words, your self-care, you're, you're the last on the list. Mm -hmm. And she learned it from her mother, who learned it from her mother, who learned generations back. Right. Right. And that feeling guilt and shame and uh, lazy. Oh, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're being lazy. No. Mm -hmm. Right. We are flipping that all upside down. Mm -hmm. And it's the oxygen mass, right? Absolutely. We are no good to anybody mm -hmm. if we are not taking care of ourselves first. And I'm a huge proponent, component. More therapy or, and, and I just want to say, I think that like for some of us moms who are responsible for running our homes and also our careers, there's literally not enough time in the day. And so one of the things that I advocate for, and it took me a while to embrace this is waking up earlier than my family, right? I call it like the magic hour. Yeah. Nobody's looking for me. <laughs> like I have zero excuses to not focus on myself. Yeah. And then it also gives me a little bit of extra setup time. So mm -hmm. the morning just flows easier mm. for everybody. Mm. 
I love that magic hour. <laughs> yeah. it's, and it is. And, and that's I, when my kids were little and young, that's what I used to do. And in yeah. fact, I remember times when I would I have my candle and I have my little prayers, yeah. my affirmations for the day. And they would come in looking for me mm-hmm. and I, I would be like, Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to join me, oh yeah, I would welcome them in. I don't think they ever, ever once took me up on that offer. <laughs> oh no way, Jose! I'm not here. <laughs> it also the other side of that coin is it models for our kids yes. how to take care of themselves. And I've got a couple. I mean, my kids are like between 19 and, and 28 years old at this point. And I have just heard my two youngest, my 19 and just turned 21 year old, use the term life work balance. Mm. And it blew my mind because wait a minute, what do you mean? Uh, so my, my oldest boy, not, no, my middle boy is not taking a job out in Idaho because it's all work. Mm-hmm. It's 15 hour days. He, it's a, an hour commute either way. He, mm. He's in the Marines. When he gets out, he's looking at his job offers and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's not conducive to balance for me with my life. And I was right. like, whoa. Right. Uh, my, my youngest daughter, same thing. So they are actually taking into consideration how they live. And I can't help, I must have modeled that for them, that they are even, that they even have that in their vocabulary, yes. that even, they even use that language. If you're a mom watching, listening, your deeds are not going unseen. Like mm-hmm. it feels like we're just a broken freaking record trying to share this important stuff that is, is for their life. And one day you'll hear the very word that you spoke come back at you and you'll be like, what? So it is making a difference. You, your parents, most important job, hardest job ever, Mm -hmm. hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. So much repetition, right? Of chores, of the same chores. Nobody talks about that in motherhood. Mm. (laughs) Very good. So come back. You had some more exercises for us. There's some suggestions. Let's go with, I wanted to introduce two basic breathing techniques. Love. The first one is called belly breathing. Mm. And so you can do this one laying down on the floor. I'm always a big advocate of doing these exercises and on the floor because it allows you to feel supported by the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like a, a an essential component of, of grounding ourselves. And so belly breathing is just laying down in Savasana. You can mm. have your hands on your belly. And if it feels more comfortable to do one belly, one over your heart space, that's great too. And so you want to have a soft gaze. If you don't feel safe enough to close your eyes, you can just look over the bridge of your nose, but you want to take a deep inhale in through your nose, slow and controlled, and then exhale out your mouth. And all you have to do is keep breathing and feel the rise and fall of your hands with each breath. It is incredibly soothing and comforting, and you can do it anywhere, really. How was that for you? I just see my body is so programmed because I actually do this, that just the sheer, just the words, Mm -hmm. hand, heart, belly, Mm -hmm. like my body just automatically dropped in. Aligns. Yeah. Complete. Love that. Complete. Love it. Mm -hmm. And there's four, four, eight. What do they call that? Box breathing. Box breathing. Four, four, six. Four, four, six. And I and I, can can we talk about that one for yes, two seconds? Please, yes, please. That one is great for because sometimes when we're stressed out or we've got a lot of butterflies in this in our stomach, it's am I breathing? Am I breathing too shallow? Am I breathing too deep? And so I love that one because it just establishes the natural rhythm of your breath without mm-hmm. thinking. And so that one you inhale for four seconds. Mm-hmm. 
you hold your breath for four mm -hmm. and slow and controlled release out your mouth for six seconds, four, four, six, do a couple cycles of that. For those of us who have a harder time dropping into our bodies because we just can't relax. Mm -hmm. That's where I really invite you to incorporate some muscle isolation work. And so that looks like taking a deep inhale in through your nose and then holding your breath for five seconds and tightening every muscle in your body. So squish your face, curl your toes, engage your core, squeeze your, your glutes. Yep. Hold the quarter in your, in your bun. <laughs> Count to five. And exhale, flow and control for six seconds. And, and the body has no choice but to relax mm -hmm. on the exhale. Mm -hmm. So that one is one you don't really have to think about. Love that. That's an, a great instant. And I like what you just said for people who really have a hard time relaxing. I know meditation doesn't work for a lot of people because they just can't sit still long mm -hmm. enough to, to get into that space. But that tensing up the entire body mm -hmm. for five seconds and then releasing. Yeah, it's an automatic. The third component that yes. I want to introduce is cold water exposure. So these are just sort of like tips and tricks that I encourage you all to try because it doesn't require a lot of emotional labor to deactivate the nervous system. Sometimes if, if we weren't taught how to regulate process, organize feelings. A lot of these exercises can feel very flooding and overwhelming. And so it's all about the props. And so one of the things that I would encourage is to get something cold out of your freezer, an ice pack, frozen peas, whatever it is, lay down on the ground, put it on your heart space, have your arms in a, in a T and just do some belly breathing, deep inhale, exhales, the freezing cold water helps us stay connected to our bodies. Mm. And so it goes for that heart, mind, body connection. And Sloan, there's no magic to any of these exercises. It's, it's very easy to, to feel okay for 20 seconds after, and then the grief, the sadness, mm -hmm. whatever the negative emotion sets right back in. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because the point of these exercises isn't to take the negative away. It's, it's just showing us how to work through the discomfort mm. and then rinse, repeat. Mm. If, if we're waiting for that chapter of our lives where there's no stress right. and we can, when we get that job, when we get that promotion, when our kids start picking up their room, yeah. <laughs> they never come. You know, you're so right because so many people are living that way. When that, when a happens, then I'll be able to do that or this and life is filled with challenges. Mm -hmm. Life is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so these are, these are wonderful skills. It doesn't go away, but it helps us to cope. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And if you have access to an ice plunge and you can do mm. a full body submersion, that's excellent. That is great. Not just for our mental health, but our immune system, mm -hmm. our metabolism, the whole inflammation. Yes. It's excellent That's a thing right now. These ice baths. Yeah. And there's a, someone in town who does green oh, techniques okay. and plunges. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Very affordable. But if you don't have access to that, go online. You should, I'm like fascinated of all the do it yourself kits for ice plunges. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be fancy, but also use nature. Mm. We live in a place that it's, if we're, we're not so outside, blessed. what are we paying the paradise tax for? Exactly. <laughs> we are so blessed. 
We're so blessed. I, I find even though the ocean right now isn't like freezing cold and mm -hmm. it's warmer, I still find that effective for accessing my vagus nerve and also just helping me organize my thoughts. I mean, even mm -hmm. walking. Yes. Come on. Can you walking. tell us about ecotherapy? This is yes. something that you do. So I do offer, all my sessions are offered online or in person, but my in-person sessions are a little different in that we're outside in nature, either at the beach, at the park, sometimes we're walking, and sometimes we're doing even belly breathing with a tree to embody being grounded, right? Mm. We can't just talk about it. No. We got to be about it. Yes. And so... I realize that's that's not for everyone, but I, I think it's such a great way to talk about really difficult things and have our nervous system deactivated. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of echotherapy. I'm upfront about that with everyone because if you're looking for a clinical office setting with bookshelves, with books I haven't opened in a decade, you're just not going to find that here. I love um, that, which I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you about that because you are just getting going before the pandemic, if I recall, mm -hmm. didn't you have, you had an office all set up and you were supposed to move and then everything got shut down. Yeah. Is that, so did the ecotherapy come as a result of not being able to open an office? I've always in my, when I first started uh, my career, it was on street level, meeting people literally where they were at. I did a lot of work with chronically homeless vets sex workers. Yeah. And oh, so I yeah. kind of feel like I'm taking it back to my roots. Yes. Um, full circle. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. And so wow. I, I, I have always done a lot of work with marginalized people yeah. and communities. And, and I think that that's important. And as far as like the, the pivot in the pandemic, that's really helped me acknowledge that what I was conditioned to believe, right? Again, you go through graduate school mm -hmm. and we're all conditioned to have that office yep, set yep, at a computer. Yep. And I just was like, I'm not feeling this. This isn't me. I don't yes. want to be in front of a screen all day long. And yeah, that absolutely helped me make that shift. And I, I understand the online therapy. Like mm -hmm. I even just with my own therapist, I'm like, can we just talk on the phone? Yeah, yeah. We don't need to really see our faces. Exactly. So I, I love the convenience. And yes. nowadays, a lot of people are doing therapy in their cars on their lunch break. Right. So it's all about how you can show up for yourself. Love that. And I know you have a thriving business right now. I know that thriving practice and I, I know all the therapists in you know, our own life and, and family and friends have, have been overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Doctors, therapists, caregivers. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for people who are taking care of others, for uh, how, does, how do therapists take care of themselves? Yeah. Right? Well, we shared some of it here. You, you practice what you, what you teach and preach yeah, here. Through a lot of self-care like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, I'm in therapy myself. Mm -hmm. I also do the weird things, right? That we don't read about in textbooks. And so, cause I, Ooh, I do think, tell. yeah, I think what for things? healing, we got to be a little outside the box. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I, I try to meet with a shaman. I go and do sound bath. Yes. And with the singing bowls. Yes. Nice, yeah. Nice, out, nice. Uh, do you have a favorite person here in town that you see? I have a favorite place out in Ojai, Meditation Mounts. Friday night. Oh, love. Yeah. We'll do a little hashtag on that. Yes. Meditation Mount. Yeah. And it's Sweet. so affordable. It's Ooh, $35. Doing you for one of those. Yes. I would love that. Friday mm -hmm. night. And, and 
obviously, if you want to know more about my practice, you can go to my website, therapywithjm.com. Yes. However, if you cannot afford therapy, because I, it is a privilege to come to therapy. Some of us don't have insurance or some of us have such awful insurance. It's like not having health insurance. Yes. But you do take insurance. I do. I do. I take Blue Shield. Yep. And, but what I want to say is you don't necessarily have to be in therapy to be doing this deep work, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can get a workbook that looks at anxiety, stress management, inner child work. You can listen to a podcast, Dr. Thelma. She has the coming home project. She's excellent. Mm. Tara Brock has amazing um, mindfulness meditations. Okay. These are all online. All online for free. And for, for those of you who want to continue the work in vagus nerve and yoga, look up Ariel Schwartz. She's a clinician and yogi. And so I, I just think it's so important that people build their healing in a way that, like I said, works for them. Yeah. And so unique to how you're created, your design. Yeah. And so if listening to a podcast and going on a walk and then doing some journaling, following with yoga, mm. you can do at home, won't cost you a penny. Love that. I love that. And we're going to put all of these resources, everything that we've mentioned, I'm going to put this in the show notes for you, the audience. Uh, We'll have some hashtags and some tags, but this has been truly amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I just adore you. Oh, it's truly an honor to sit with you and just collaborate with you on more of a colleague level because you've been such a longtime friend and amazing Mm -hmm. neighbor. So thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you, audience, for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice, Rock Your Confidence. Until next time, friends, remember to inhale. Let's do it together with them. Let's do a big inhale. Confidence and exhale any doubt. Thanks for listening. You know what to do. Please hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and consider sharing this with someone you care about. Grab my free vocal warm-up to help you harness your vocal power. Control your breath, relax, and center your body at vocalcoachingbysloan.com forward slash warm-up. If you'd like to gain clarity, confidence, and excitement around your voice, Join me in the Find Your Voice, Rock Your Confidence Facebook group today at vocalcoachingbysloan.com forward slash Facebook.